Chapter Twelve of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: A Confidential Talk. There was silence in Mrs. Edmonds' parlor for some minutes after their caller's departure. Marjorie had dropped back into her seat near the open grate, and with hands clasped in her lap was staring at the coals. Mrs. Edmonds had taken up a book and was supposed to be reading in reality she was occupied in thinking of her daughter and trying to decide whether it would be wise for her to speak what was in her heart or keep silence at last she decided that longer silence was neither being honest to herself nor just to her daughter and after the manner of people who have planned for some time just how to commence a conversation she said the very words that she would have chosen not to springing as it were to the centre of her subject instead of approaching it by degrees marjorie do you think you are doing just right marjorie started like one roused from a painful reverie raised troubled eyes to her mother's face and asked what do you mean mother i mean dear is it just right to receive and hold a long and apparently confidential conversation with a married man who has left his wife at home alone while he comes to visit with you certainly this was not what mrs edmonds had planned would better be said her sentence had gathered force as she talked force born of an indignation that she had meant to suppress mamma i do not understand you in the least why should i not receive and converse with any gentleman of our acquaintance you speak almost as if it were a premeditated arrangement certainly i did not plan that you should be engaged elsewhere this evening nor that ralph should come i do not know what to think of such strange words from you mrs edmonds struggled for self-control and spoke gently i know daughter of course i did not mean what my words may have suggested i am entirely sure that there was no premeditation on your part at least but dear think what you are doing i have felt for some time that i ought to speak to-night i feel that i must wait no longer only to-day you were telling me a painful story of gossiping tongues that are making free with the acts of people you know are above suspicion why do you not think of yourself in such connection you cannot have forgotten that ralph bramlett used to be very intimate in this house and that people who had no right to know anything about your affairs freely reported you as engaged to him can you imagine that he can single you out for attention in the way that he has been doing ever since we came home and above all call upon you without his wife and not furnish food for gaping eyes and censorious tongues mother said marjorie distressed almost beyond speech how can you think how is it possible for you to think that there are any people so low as to talk about me in connection with a married man my daughter you talk as though you did not live in the world probably you have never realized how easy it is for a certain class of people to talk nor out of what small material they can build their theories but i want to ask you frankly if as a looker-on you are sure you would call this small material is it customary for a young married man to call frequently without his wife at houses where there are no gentlemen 
i am sure you do not realize the number of times that ralph bramlett has rung our doorbell in the last few weeks i remember that he has nearly always had an ostensible errand you must forgive me for saying ostensible for some of them were flimsy enough and i know that he has made short calls at least until this evening but i must frankly own that i have no confidence in him at the same time i will try to be just and admit that i do not suspect him of any other motive than a selfish desire to enjoy his own pleasure for the time being without regard to appearances or the comfort of others i have never known that young man to consult any one's comfort but his own and i think it is only too apparent that he is trying to draw you into a very confidential friendship with himself a friendship that shall exclude his wife this does not surprise me in him but i confess that to see my daughter permitting such a state of things has given me more pain than i ever expected her to cause me marjorie sat in dumb distress only an hour before she could have made indignant answer but that hour had brought her revelations she was not benefiting ralph bramlett a man who felt toward her in such a manner that he could arraign his own wife before her and expect her sympathy was not one whom she could benefit by friendship perhaps her mother was right and she had been making a mistake but not surely in the way her mother feared it could not be possible that any of those gossiping tongues would dare touch her name no she was sure such an idea was but the creature of an over-anxious imagination mothers were always over-careful and such wretched stories had come to hers lately it was no wonder they had preyed upon her nerves she spoke at last gently soothingly mamma you remember i told you not long ago that i believed you were always right and i wrong when we differed i will say it again i have perhaps been not wise in my anxiety to help poor ralph he is in great trouble and needs help almost more than any one i know but he is a boy still not a man at all and i a moment's hesitation then a disappointed sigh am not the one to help him i did not mean to try directly i meant to reach him through estelle but she holds aloof and will not see what i could do for her and her very holding aloof marjorie ought to show you how impossible it is for you to help her do you not see is it possible you have not understood all this time that the poor creature is jealous of you marjorie's face was aflame mother she said controlling her voice and choosing her words with care if that sentence were spoken by any one but you would it not be almost insulting how is it possible for any woman to think of me in such a connection as that do you mean that i have given her cause mrs edmonds made a movement of impatience i used to think marjorie that you had splendid common sense indeed i have leaned upon you for years but i confess that your knowledge of the world and of human nature seems to me to be not much more than a baby might have given such a character as you know estelle douglas to possess married to such a man as ralph bramlett is what is she to be but jealous of the woman for whose society her husband leaves hers on every pretext 
and then too child you seem to ignore his past intimacy with you a thing which you may be sure his wife never does unwittingly you have given her cause for discomfort you could hardly help it unless you were willing to tell her husband frankly that you did not want to see or talk with him i do not say you are to blame dear because you are strangely blind in some directions but i have no doubt that he sees her pain and is indifferent to it here was food for thought for the already perturbed girl if she accepted her mother's theory much that had been mysterious in estelle's behavior was explained but what a humiliating theory jealous of her when ralph had deliberately deserted her and chosen his wife before her eyes she studied over it so long that mrs edmonds had time to determine upon another question that she had long desired to ask marjorie has it not occurred to you that mr maxwell might think this renewal of friendship with ralph bramlett rather strange she studied the girl's face carefully but could see in it only perplexity i don't think i get your idea i think mr maxwell would be among the first to understand that i would like to help poor ralph if i could but whether he approved it or not would in a sense make no difference to me i mean i should have to do what i thought was wise and right not what he thought but such a friend as he ought surely to have influence influence yes i should like to please him but not more of course than i want to please you mother and i have not understood that you did not want me to try to influence ralph and estelle in right directions if i could why should you introduce mr maxwell's name poor mother to most mothers it is a pleasure to be put first to her it was a positive pain was then her precious air castle on which she had been at work for so many months to come tumbling about her ears it was dreadful to think that she was precipitating its fall but she must go on now she would go on it was folly to be moving aimlessly around in the dark she made a bold plunge i don't want to force your confidence marjorie i have been willing to wait until you were ready to give it but you ask me a direct question i will confess that i thought mr maxwell's name ought to have greater weight with you than any other than mine even there are some for whom even mothers are willing to yield their place but marjorie only gazed at her in open-eyed anxiety do you mean mother i wonder if you can possibly mean that you think mr maxwell and i will sometime marry if you do i cannot imagine what has given you that idea nothing was ever farther from our thoughts from the first hour of our intimate acquaintance he has seemed to me like the dear older brother that i always longed for and never expected to find i am sure he has been like a brother to me all through the months years they are getting to be now and i have rested in his friendship and trusted him as i could no one else save you but i have never thought and could never for a moment think of him in any other relation for a little mrs edmonds was dumb with disappointment and pain that which she had hoped at first with trembling and during these later months with something like assurance had fallen to the ground 
she was growing older every day and some dreary morning marjorie would awaken to find herself alone she the mother who would at any time have laid down her life for her must leave her alone oh it was a bitter world should she hazard one more question it was foolish but she could not help it while you have been rejoicing in the thought of having a brother has it never occurred to you that you might be doing infinite harm to one who could not look upon you simply as a sister no mamma it hasn't not in this connection with some persons i might of course and indeed as a rule i should not approve of brotherly and sisterly friendships among young men and women but there are exceptions to all rules and mr maxwell has from the first of our acquaintance shown such patient and persistent brotherliness that i would have been simply foolish to think of him in any other way yet there is a bare possibility that you have been mistaken suppose you were then i should be very sorry indeed distressed beyond measure for i should feel that the result could be only pain but there is no such mistake mamma i am glad to be sure of it if mr maxwell were indeed your son he could not be more truly my brother than he sometimes seems to me and i am sure there is nothing that a brother could do that he has not been ready to do for me i have done a good deal of harm in the world mother but it is a comfort to me to feel sure that in this case i need not blame myself i can enjoy leonard maxwell with a free conscience it would be difficult to describe the tumult of pain in mrs edmonds's heart as she listened to these assured words it was not alone her own disappointment which was bitter that she felt she had to bear mingled with the pain was an undertone not only of resentment but self-accusation this state of things she believed to be the direct outcome of her daughter's early intimacy with ralph bramlett and who had been to blame for permitting that intimacy she could not resist the temptation to test her belief since we are on this topic may your mother ask why you suppose it is that a man so worthy of winning a true woman's heart has not reached yours i think i have not been a mother anxious to dispose of her child but mothers who remember that they have only one to leave cannot help looking forward anxiously sometimes do you never mean to marry dear and if not why not marjorie's nerves were highly wrought that night she resisted the temptation to laugh and regarded her mother tenderly do not let us borrow trouble mother dear surely that would not be a grave calamity you and i have each other is that not all that either of us wants but the shade of disappointment almost of reproach did not lift from her mother's face after a moment marjorie added gravely i mean to be very frank with you mother i think you sometimes have a feeling that i do not show you my whole heart but indeed i wish to i do not think that i can be quite like other girls most of them seem to think of marriage as a matter of course but i feel quite the contrary i do not expect ever to marry when i was young and foolish i thought to marry ralph bramlett and built my girlish air-castles with that idea for a centre now i bless the providence which held me from that 
don't you remember i told you so when we first came home at the same time i realize how entirely my ideas as well as feelings have changed i have neither intention nor desire ever to leave you let us be everything in the world to each other mothery and admit no one else that night after marjorie had been kissed with even more than usual tenderness and gone away assured that her mother did not intend to blame her mrs edmonds wrote this letter my dear friend i fear i have a bitter disappointment for you i have just had a plain and exceedingly confidential talk with my daughter and i find that you are quite mistaken in your thought of her it is a trial to have to write it for you know how dear you have become to me and how much i should like to leave my darling in your care but honour demands that i should tell you that marjorie regards you only as a brother and i believe will never have any other feeling she is also so sure that you think of her simply as a sister that she has not a qualm of conscience concerning you of course i have not enlightened her dear friend there is no one else and i fear me there will never be it is that old mistake of mine bearing its fruit i must leave my darling alone in the world because i did not early shield her from the mistakes that the world constantly makes End of chapter twelve